welcome to the Fish Cast. My name is Corey Long, joined by Charles Fishbine, and we're coming at you harder than a Will Smith slap to the face. What the hell was that last night, Fish? What's funny is I wasn't even watching, and I just happened to turn it on. My wife and I, she's like, hey, can you flip the channel? So I flipped it over, and like, so Chris Rock's walking out, and he starts the whole thing, and yeah. like it seems so scripted. Um, I thought I it looked it, it looked it fake did. to me. I, I she's the we're, slap oh, totally fake. Yeah, we were. She's arguing with me that it's real and this and that. I don't, I felt like it was like a WWF thing or WWE. And um, my question to you is like, how many people you think if you lined them up would want to slap me like that in this business? You know, so I figure. <laughs> oh God. A good question. I mean, <laughs> Should we have a poll on that? <laughs> a poll. Do you think you could you could you could uh you could take it as well as Chris Rock did? Because he took it right on the chin and it was just like then he just cracked the joke and kept it moving. I was uh I mean that's hard, man. That's hard stuff. I mean the uh, it's it's hard with live TV. I've done a little bit of live TV. At like ESPN, my my main issue is my earpiece used to fall out while I was in the middle of something, and I like that's just kind of annoying. It's something you feel it falling out. You want to put you you put your hand in it to kind of push it back in, but you don't want to do that too often because you don't want people to focus on that. So it's a uh, man like the fact that that was live and that he I don't. It just was weird. It was weird. It was a weird thing. I'm like, I'm like, my brothers are not getting invited back to the Oscars. Like, you know, you know how much, do you know how much progress we have made with the Oscars in the past 15 years that just went away in 90 seconds? Like, Denzel's going to be the only homeboy that gets invited back from now. Him and Lou Gossett Jr. Like, the only cast that get invited back now. Like, Uh, Will's going to have a hard time holding on to that. Like, I wonder if he, if they take that thing away they from can't. them. They can't. I mean, they got rapists like Roman Polanski and yeah. like pedophiles like Harvey Weinstein. Like, you know, they got Woody Allen has Oscars. Yeah, they're going to take it away from Will. Anyhow, like they saw what Will did. They saw what Will did when he just crack a joke about his wife's bald head. I mean, they try to take away his Oscar. He might come up in there guns blazing. Like he might just blow the whole academy away at this point. They better, they better lay off Will. All oh, I know man. is they better lay off. Clearly, his that, that is a that, that is a method acting job he did with Richard Williams because right up until the end, he was still beating up people that was questioning his family. Man, oh, right man. up until the end, that, he deserved that award. I'm like his you. wife definitely said something to provoke him because like, he laughed. He laughed yeah. at the joke, yeah. and she kind of rolled her eyes. And, oh, God. As usual. As <laughs> usual, women put you in a bad place. <laughs> it will ruin your career quickly. I tell you. Yeah, God. man. Yeah. Don't want to say that I love the women out there. but uh, yeah. It's all good, man. So, do you have anybody? Well, here's the weird thing. So, obviously, both of our NCAA brackets took a bit of a hit. But if you would have told me that the Final Four would end up getting Duke, North Carolina, Villanova, and Kansas, like, that's very that's very normal. Yeah, I, I had Kansas. I did, like, two or three brackets. Kansas was one of my winners yeah. to win the finals. I just, you know, watching them, I'm not 
as good at doing the basketball as the football, but they look like a very good team. I'm big on teams having a point guard. They have a point guard. They can, because you have so many set plays in the half court. And the one thing that impressed me yesterday is once they figured out, like they had size and they can freaking pretty much run Miami off the court. They, they really got nasty in that second half. I mean, yeah, it, they, 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 they took advantage of Miami's lack of size inside and, once they got rolling, it was over. But, um, you know, you know, North Carolina, you know, I, I didn't get to watch them a whole lot this year. And them being an eight seed and you watch them play, they they don't look like an eight seed. That looks like a no, one no, or two. They seed. were kind of, they were kind of undersheeted. They had, they had a, they were really not, they were really struggling the first half of the year, kind of picked it up later in the year. So they, they came and playing pretty well. And they were definitely, I mean, it definitely probably a little underseeded, but the cool thing is, four teams, any one of the four can win it. You know, I mean, like yeah. you really can't, you really can't handicap them too much at this point to see yeah. who, like, who's got the. I mean, if Jay Wright system. gets a third championship, like, where does that put him in the coaching? You know, coaching. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he he, you know, he's done a very good job. Like Villanova, you know, they find very good pieces to their team like he's he's figured out how to win in this era of the transfer portal and one and duns and he the guy just i don't know they're very well coached i enjoy great basketball i I get in these arguments with guys that are huge fans i like motion i like guys constantly moving you you watch these four teams and guys are constantly moving until they find the open guy they don't just it's not just dunk three-point dunk three-point it's actual fun basketball um, it's what we grew up on, and I, I actually have enjoyed watching this tournament more than I've watched a lot of others. I don't know how you feel, but that's just my opinion on the whole thing. Yeah, in general, the tournament's been good. There have been some really high-quality games in there. Um, like, you know, I remember watching, like, last weekend, Duke-Michigan State was a really high-quality game. And I think all all three of these next three games are going to be high-quality because, like you said, they all play – Pretty similar styles of ball. I mean, Villanova had to – Houston can kind of ugly your game up because they're so good defensively. So, Villanova had to play a bit of a fist fight. You know, Duke, Arkansas kind of went the way Duke, Duke kind of controlled that game like they wanted to. We knew we knew North Carolina was going to bounce St. Peter's. It's like dude, they got – North Carolina, like they got their, their, their smallest big man is bigger than anything on St. Peter's team. They just ran – they ransacked them. You know, poor guys. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I'm pretty excited about this one. Um, it's funny. I was thinking the other day, like they didn't do it. He didn't do it this year, at least not publicly. But the last few years, Warren Buffett had like that billion dollar challenge. Like you get a perfect bracket, you get a billion dollars. Pretty nice. What What would you do if right now, going into this week? You're absolutely perfect. You've gotten them all right. You've got St. Peter's to the Elite. You've got everything right. But now you need now you you got three games between you getting a billion or nothing. Like I, I'd be on the phone with the Buffett people trying to do a trying to do a deal or no deal in a heartbeat. I'm like, listen, Man. give me give me seventy five billion. I'm out right now, you know. Like, <laughs> just we ain't even gotta yeah, go to. I, d- I definitely would try and hedge my bet, you know. Yeah, because... I'd be like, what's what's seventy five million to you, Buffett? Like, it ain't nothing. <laughs> like, you get that tomorrow. Yeah, 
I saw on one of these websites like somebody had close to a pretty uh, like almost perfect bracket, and the guy had is on had to win like one game yesterday to get a truck. So, I mean, I don't. That's just crazy. I just don't know how. I mean, I guess. I, you know, there's luck into everything, but I guess you just you, oh, you, you fill you, out like 800 brackets. <laughs> yeah, you you use every level of probability you get. You're eventually bound to get a couple of them right. Um, yeah, so that's crazy. You got you got you got you got Will Smith slap. I was thinking, man, like there's not a not a lot of. Have there, have there been any crazy – have you seen any, like, crazy, crazy fights in your time of, like, covering, like, football? Like, any crazy violent out – fans, I think we've seen a few more fan outbursts than we have, like, on the field stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, there's been a few brawls between teams, and I know there's been, you know, some shots fired at Draz and stuff. I've gotten the calls from my filmers. And, but – you know, it's very, it's not often, it's just something not ordinary that you see, but it's, it's a crazy thing when it does happen, if you're there, you know, I, I do remember one time, um, I was at a high school, I won't mention the high school, because I don't want to bash the high school, but they were having a practice, and, and Demo was actually there with Coach Giano, it was, I think, a Saturday practice, and, and bullets started flying, and you saw these coaches, running with their suits on some of them you know shiano was in a suit and, uh, you know it was pretty crazy you know like <laughs> to see this at a practice at one of the schools in miami but you know it's nobody got hurt but you can laugh about it now but it's just crazy um i mean something could you know these days you never know like something could happen any day you walk out of your house but you know what that's why you got to just enjoy life and laugh it off when certain things happen no one gets hurt but you know, I've seen some crazy stuff in my lifetime. So, yeah, the only thing I could see that I thought about was I, it would have been 96, maybe 96, 97. I was a young reporter and I was covering a game. Fort Meade was playing like Santa Fe Catholic, and it was a you know, it was a pretty nothing game. Fort Meade was rolling, and it was you know, so it was one of those situations where Santa Fe didn't have like their own football stadium so they kind of played at like a public park so there were no stands you know everybody the fans were just kind of standing like there was like just a little rope that kept the the fans from like the sidelines and you know Fort Meade fans are certifiably nuts as they always have been little little community just crazy fans and they kept telling the coach whose name was Rod Jameson Go out, run outside, run out. And he was just pounding his team up the middle because he didn't have to, you know, they were up like 52 to nothing. He didn't have to do anything. One of the guys that was running the, the chain gang, you know, they bring out these fans that run the chain gang, is kind of going up and down, trying to run outside. And James just gets up in his face, basically, like, you know, I'm tired of you bothering me. And you can look at the guy's face and tell that he was going to drop hands. So. <laughs> They keep going a couple of times. They keep, they keep every time he would go down, he would elbow him in the ribs. And finally, like something happened. One of the players might have like kicked the uh the chain or something, and he thought the coach and he walked up and just socked him right in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the most surreal. Like, that was like my third or fourth game I ever covered in my life. 
And I see like a fantasy coach. The game that they won by like 70 points. And afterwards, I remember him sitting there and uh, Derwood Buck, who was doing work for the Ledger, who recently passed away. Uh, he's, uh, we're sitting here talking about it. I'm so, like, Davis is like, yeah, we've got some really passionate fans out there. Like he's got like a he like got hit he like got hit right up above his eyes. He's got like a black eye. That's, he looked he looked like he had been through a tougher game than the players. That's funny. I I remember one time going to a game and it was like the first year I started. There was a school called um, Bay Point and it was basically like a last chance you for high school kids. I mean. And there was a couple kids on the sideline, and I had no idea what the school was all about. I was at a game, and I'm, these two kids were holding the chains. I'm like, oh, where are you guys going to school? They're like, school, man. We're just, you know, hopefully we make it back into society. And I'm like, what? Like, And then I realized where they were, and I'm like, oh, man, this is, this is a crazy <laughs> situation with this school. I mean, they had a bunch of talented kids, but these were like literally the, they were – just trying to make it back into society. A lot of them just college wasn't in their, in their future, but they did have a few kids. They had one kid come out of Dillard that went there, ended up at uh, Auburn and had a very good career. I think he ended up in the NFL, but uh, those, there are a few of those good stories that do happen, but it's, it's, it, it was a crazy situation. So. The weird thing is over the years, like, and we've been to a lot of major, rivalry games, a lot of neighborhood rivalry games, and you always think, like, the times we went to, like, the Buck Bowl, you always hear this story and that story, and, and there have been some cases, cases of serious violence down there that, you know, weren't related to the football game, but happened between, you know, fans and stuff, but, you know, when you got to the game, you realized that there was no, there was nothing crazy happening in the game, like, everybody was so pumped with the football and the bands and winning and losing that, like they didn't have time to act like a fool. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's funny, you know, it's funny how some games have that reputation and, you know, it turns out to be quite the opposite. So I remember like, because the first Buck Bowl I went to would have been 2006 and I was like, you know, you, all you heard was these stories. I'm like, oh God, what am I, what am I walking? What kind of war zone am I walking into? And it's like, oh, this is just nothing but an amazing football game with a bunch of future college stars in it that are actually just trying to win, you know? No, no doubt, man. So, yeah. I listen, I, I remember bringing uh, a friend of mine. I've gone to the Muck Bowl with just friends, brother-in-laws, this, that. It's, it's a different – like, I've always found it, you know, very interesting, just the whole uh, history of not only the games but the communities, what – uh, those that community on the lake has gone through as far as just how they've survived, how, you know, it's just so isolated um, from, from the rest of like South Florida. Like people are like, Oh yeah, you know, that's South Florida. Those kids are like, like they, th- some people think they're like almost like kids from Miami or whatever. And they're not, they're almost, it's almost like country out there. And it's just so yeah. separate. And it, I know it's considered Palm beach County, but, it may as well just be another country. I mean, you go out there, it's just the kids, the kids are just, I think one, the kids out there are tougher than most of the kids in the rest of the state. They, they don't, 
you know, they, they fight for everything they could get. Um, and a lot of those kids truly love football. And that's what's great is a passion and everything that goes about being from the muck. I, I remember the one year that we had four teams for the muck. Three of them won. The last one, Cluiston should have won. If not for just, uh, the you know, one of the kids on Cluiston scored and he did a flip in the end zone. And, and he they ended up missing the extra point to tie the game because – of that penalty or you would have had four teams possibly win from one area. I mean, it's just a special, I, I really enjoy watching football in that area. I went up to see Glade central play last year and they still got players. I mean, this idea that there's not players out on the lakes, not true. Uh, they got a lot of good football players. Um, I, I know Pahokee has a big time quarterback that was a freshman last year. So I think you're going to start to see these teams out there start to win again. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, – and, yeah, I agree because that was uh, – that year would have been probably 2006 when Glade Central would be Pine Forest and Pahokee would have beat Trinity Catholic and Glades Day whooped up on – I think they beat uh, uh, that Tallahassee uh, North Florida Christian. I think they beat them up pretty badly. And, then, and yeah, you had Cluiston that lost to Bowles and, like, triple overtime. And that was, that was uh, the first – I think that was a – it might have been the second year they held the tournament down in Miami. That was a great year. Yeah, it was just an amazing year. It was so much fun. Um, new floor. We had to talk about this because we had new Florida classifications, and you've had a chance to see them now. And they they decided to. I don't even know how to describe. Them. They basically through the uh, through the anger of a couple of coaches that probably don't have much of a chance to win. They basically eliminated a lot of the games that we've come to see over the years because they've separated Metro conferences, which are eight conferences in the state of Florida with suburban conferences, which are the other, which they consider the other, other, all the other counties. And uh, the rule stuff stays the same, but like, I, I talked to a lot of my friends, and obviously I'm pretty in tune with Polk County with Lakeland High, Lake Gibson High, where I went to high school at. And, man, they're just like they, – they can't believe you're not going to have to play a Miami or a Broward that's going to win a title. And it's 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 like a disappointing thing. It's almost like – as one of the coaches told me, it's like, it kind of feels like a participation trophy. It's like Miami – the idea that we'd have to beat Miami Central or Carroll City or whoever, like that's kind of – or St. Thomas Aquinas – it's like the final boss in a video game. It's the it's what you build your program for. So, you know, at least the top end schools are just not they're not particularly thrilled. Yeah, I, I no matter which way you try to fix this thing for these other teams, the results continue will continue to be the same. Uh, I yeah. just, you know, it, I know everybody wants to win a trophy. It, listen. Go go get better football players on your team. I mean, you have open enrollment now. You can basically go steal players from any school you want. Let's call it the way it is. I know some people are going to be like, oh, we don't recruit. Oh, whatever, man. Get over the whole we don't recruit thing. Everybody's doing it. It's happened at every level. I mean, heck, I mean, it happens. Coaches are recruiting my son to go play, whether it's travel baseball or on some flag football team. Everybody's recruiting kids at such a young level now. Um, to, to make these teams bigger and better. And it's just ridiculous. I mean, anybody, I, I remember one coach, I joked with him once and he got offended. I'm like, whatever, you know, it's like, I, I just, the better players are down here. It's just, that's a reality. 
that's why the teams are more talented and they're deeper. Uh, you know, you look at Berkeley Prep. They were a very good football team last year. Very good. I mean, you know, the, most years, if they don't have to play a Chaminade, they'd probably win. But Chaminade's just deeper and more talented. It has nothing to do – like, we've talked about it. We think the Berkeley Prep coach is probably one of the best coaches in the state. Um, he does a great job there. But when you have three or four Division One players and the other team has 12 or 13, it, coaching doesn't matter at that point. Um, it, that's, that's what it comes down to. These schools that have all the talent, they're going to win and they're going to continue to win. And there's nothing they're going to do in this state to fix that, that, uh, is going to change that. You're going to have teams from down here, continue to win. They're going to beat up on other teams. Um, and that's just part of the deal. I don't, I don't know what they can really do. I personally think, um, you, you separate the privates from the, from the public schools, um, have a higher public. Uh, have a higher division in private uh, for like the St. Thomas's, the Columbus's, the Gibbons, the Heritage's. And then you could have a, a lower division, which could be, uh, you know, the charter schools with the lower division, you know, the Calvary Christians. And then maybe you have the Somersets, these charter schools, which are pretty much like private schools now. Uh, they're funded by the state, but they are almost like private schools. The kids wear uniforms. They're, they're, it's just a different environment than an actual public school. And then you have the public schools be separate, but I, I don't believe this um, rule versus. Uh, I mean, it's it's worked. I mean, you've seen these schools; it's worked for so long. I mean, and and you know the schools. If you have a team uh, like Lakeland, Lakeland's won championships against St. Thomas. Why? Because they've had good coaching and they've had great players. You know, they've beaten were, five times with that. Like you're yeah. taking away that game. You're taking. You're telling a program like Coco that they can't beat a Jacksonville school when they kick Jacksonville school's butts for years. Yeah. Like you're separating Orange County and Seminole County, which are, you know, Orlando area schools from Volusia County and Osceola County. Well, Volusia County schools have been winning, have been dominating that area for decades. You know, it's like, are you actually looking at who the better teams are? It's just. Yeah. I mean, mainland's not mainland's not losing state championships because of talent. Yeah, uh, they've had talent for a very long time. They've had, I mean, you go all the way back to the Buster Davises of the world. They've had talent. They won a state championship one year where they beat um, Naples in the finals, and Naples ended up beating Edison. So, like, it's happened before. It's just the schools down here care more about football, um, and and. You know, they, the, you, you've seen it. You've seen some of the schools in your area start to take that same approach. It's happened at Lakeland. Football is very important. But you got to make it a priority. you got to hire good coaches. you got to bring guys in let them do their thing. And, and you're going to win championships. I mean, you know, you've seen Coach Callahan go over to, um, over to uh, the St. Pete School, the Lakewood School, and they've, they've made it further in the playoffs. Why? Because you know what? He has experience of taking teams – to the finals and they're now utilizing that talent that they've had for so long. So it's yeah. just all excuse there. Listen, if you can't win, I mean, what every team you're just making it easy for these teams that can't ever win just so they can feel better about themselves. And those kids and those coaches want to play against the very best. They don't want to just be handed a trophy. I don't believe it. So I don't, I don't, I don't get the whole thing. Yeah, it's 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 frustrating. It feels like you're trying to fix a problem that didn't exist. 
And, you know, it's just, it's another, it, it's another thing that I just think, you know, sometimes you just over, you know, you know you're, you're over legislating something. And this is a case where it's easy just to tell these guys, like you said, get better. If you want to win, get better. If you want to compete with them, get better. So many, so many of these schools, and you know this, they talk themselves out of competing before it even happens. They're, oh, we can't compete with St. Thomas Aquinas. Oh, we can't. And it's just like, you know, Venice figured out how to do it. You know, before Venice, they managed to, you know, for like, plant, uh, yeah. Lake, Lakeland, teams yeah. have beaten them. Um, I mean, heck, Pine Forest beat them way back in the day. Yeah. You know, they're not unbeatable. It's just you got to go put together a good team, you know. have uh, One, I think, um, when you play St. Thomas, a lot of it's mental. I think a lot of – you see it when Miramar finally got over the hump against them and these other schools from down here. They they stopped being scared of walk, seeing that gold helmet come out. Like, they, most of these teams are beat before they ever step on the field. Um, and that that's what's happened is these teams, you know, Manatee believe they could beat St. Thomas. Um, Venice believe they can beat them. You know, uh, these teams, you play them enough eventually – you you get you get the one one or two years where you just ha- you, the, the, all the advantages are in your favor. Yeah. Um, so I don't. Absolutely. I just I don't know. Just to it's ridiculous. I really think these schools they should just you know pull their pants up and play big boy football. So play football exactly. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch over to the college game for a bit. Ask you a couple of questions. I was talking with an old co-worker of mine, an old ESPN co-worker from back in the day. I'm working on my evaluations for um, for transfers. And I, you know, started out with quarterbacks. And I text them very simply. I go, I have Jackson Dart. I told him, I said, I have Jackson Dart as the number two transfer quarterback prospect, you know, right next to Caleb Williams. Am I right? You know, that's not about right. And he goes, he says, "Texas." It goes definitely, and he goes, "Dart might be number one." And I was like, "Well, because with Jackson Dart, we got both of them. have a pretty small sample size. Williams is a little bigger. He played in a few more games than Dart. Uh, played for a much better team, obviously. But I remember being pretty. You know, I remember not knowing enough about Jackson Dart. I know he came out of Utah. Was a late signing to USC." First game he starts against Washington State, he throws almost 400 yards and four touchdowns. And it was the same thing with Caleb Williams. We didn't expect to see him. Spencer Rattler was getting all the love at Oklahoma. Rattler struggles. Williams comes in, blows both of us away. Like, you've seen a little bit of both quarterbacks. I think they're both going to be successful. Would you rate them? Would you be like me and rate them Williams one, two? Is there someone else that could be in that two spot behind Williams for you? Just, man, I love watching Caleb Williams. I just, you know, I know everybody thought the kid from, you know, Alabama last year was, you know, really good. And I think he's good. It's just Caleb just has the whole total package, the ability to run. And he's so accurate. When he's on, it's like, it's really fun to watch. He just, he puts the ball where the receiver could catch it and run after the catch. And he creates such mismatches. Um, against defenses because if it's third and eight and the guys are all, you know, you got, you got guys turning their back and running the other way, he could take off and pick up 20 yards. He just, he could keep the chains moving. He, he, 
he's a national championship caliber quarterback. I think he's elite. I think he'll be one of the first players taken. Now, you know, watching Jackson Dort, we watched, I watched him uh, last year against BYU. I, I believe they upset BYU or the game was um, BYU came, maybe came yeah, back. They lost, but it was like 35. Yeah. And he just really impressed me with his presence. And is he just is he's that typical USC pro style quarterback. And he has ability to run. Um, you know, he needs to work on some stuff, his footwork. Uh, you know, he, he, he will make some great throws, but he'll be sloppy with the ball as well. But the tools and the ability to do so much, I mean, he's a lot better, um, I believe, than the quarterback that just left. I know all the scouts are uh, blown away by Matt Corral or whatever. Um, I'm not a big fan. I think Ole Miss's offense is actually going to be better. Um, and uh, we're, we're going to see one of our old friends uh, leaving Ole Miss probably after spring football. And entering the transfer portal, uh, Luke Altmeyer, the uh, the yeah. second coming. It Former looks Florida like. State commit. Yeah. Actually, go back to Florida. Maybe that's who Florida State's going to take back as a transfer <laughs> quarterback. It could be, man. I mean, um, it makes sense. He needs to go somewhere. They need somebody that they don't think will scare off, uh, you know, any of the <laughs> Jordan Travis. So he might be that guy. Right. Um, I got a couple others that I want to ask you about. Spencer Rattler. Now he goes from Oklahoma to South Carolina. It's an interesting fit. Um, playing in the SEC, playing in the SEC East, so I think it's a little easier. I mean, do you see kind of a bounce back? Where we neither one of us were huge Spencer Rattler fans to begin with, but do you see kind of maybe a that you see this last year might have humbled him a little bit, and he's kind of having a bounce back? I, I listen. It's it's all about like it's about fits. Lincoln's offense, the quarterback has to be accurate. They throw so much and everything is timing. You know, you, you, you're putting the ball to certain spots. You got, I think South Carolina is more like a, a pro style, pro, you know, play action type thing that they're going to run the football a lot. And they showed it in their bowl game. Um, you know, they got a very good running game. I think they'll take the pressure off of him having to make the plays all the time. You know, in, in Oklahoma's offense, you got to make plays. Um, I think with uh, a, a good tight end um, going and having a running game and he's not asked to throw 40 times a game, I think he could do a lot better in that style of offense. It, his talent's not the issue with Spencer Rattler. Half the problem is, is will he check out of games? You, you know, he's, I, I think there's some red flags with this character. Um, it, it's just, can he leave all those distractions off the field and just play football? That's what it is about him. I don't think talent, uh, the kid's not a talented guy, but, you know, he he rubbed me wrong when he did those, you know, the, the QB1 show. Or I, I just, he's one of those guys that, you know, it's he's not one of those guys that you're going to go out of your way to cheer for. You know, he's just, he's talented, but he's also one of these guys that's going to aggravate the heck out of you with the way he plays. So it'll be interesting to see. I think he'll do fine at South Carolina because they will take the pressure off of him and he'll be able to make the throws when he needs to, you know, you got to keep, he's one of those guys that I believe you have to play in front of the sticks. He's not a third it's third and 12 and he's going to make an unbelievable throw for 15 yards. And that's just not how he's going to be successful. He needs to play in front of the sticks. Uh, you have to put him in plus situations. And I think if you do that, he could be a very effective and, you know, I wasn't sure about 
South Carolina's higher. I think you felt the same way. But I think Beamer did a very good job last year. I, I, I just – I was impressed. Like, the team looked the best it's been in a long time, South Carolina. Like, you have to, as a fan, feel good going forward. You know, he, he's the right fit for what they're trying to do. Yeah, man. And I think, really, it was it was kind of a – you remember the whole season was kind of like, whoa, these guys might get to 500. They're kind of always staying competitive. And then they had that Florida game, and you just looked at it like, okay – even this point in the season, he's got these guys playing at a hard level. Like, they're playing intense football, and I, I can certainly appreciate that. Um, and a couple other quarterbacks I want to ask you about. Uh, Dylan Gabriel. So, he he was going to go to Ole Miss, decides against it, ends up at – no. He's going to go somewhere. But he he's ends up at Oklahoma. Ole Miss, UCLA. Yeah. I mean, UCLA, was- yeah. But he ends up at Oklahoma. Uh, because uh, when Williams left, and that, that that reunites him with the OC that he had at UCF, who went to Ole Miss, and uh, it's is is that a good fit for him coming up from UCF, coming up from AAC ball to Big Twelve ball? Now you know it's both wide open conference, but would you look at that as a good fit for Gabriel? it's a better fit. He couldn't have made it in the SEC. I just think it's between the sizes. He's not, he doesn't have a great arm. He is accurate. Um, you know, you've seen moments where he's, he's really, really good. Um, and then he has other moments where he's not as good. I think th- that the fact that the big 12 now he'll struggle against, he'll, he'll have his moments where he struggles against the Baylors because Aranda's such a good, defensive coordinator, but he's going to put his numbers up against Oklahoma State, Kansas, Kansas State, just because they play such wide open offense out there. Um, Oklahoma, you know, is going to be able to still spread the ball with the receivers and and they got a good backfield. But, um, you know, you it'll be interesting, but I do believe that uh, he'll have more success and uh, failure there. I hear the jungle behind you. I hear everybody, yeah. all the animals woke up at the same exact uh, yeah, time. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, Jim Carrey in uh, you know, that movie. <laughs> I was like, it's like a parrot just jump right oh, on man, your Oh, man, I want to strangle that bird. <laughs> One more we'll talk about yeah, this. Since just, the birds are woken we'll up. We'll definitely we not get promoted by their advertisement from PETA, all right? Yeah, <laughs> one more we'll talk about. It. We'll close this one up for today. We'll get the, we'll hit on this a little bit more as time goes on. Adrian Martinez from Nebraska to Kansas State. I love Chris Cleoman. I've been you know I've been hiding him since he since he was at North Dakota. I think he's done a pretty decent job at Kansas State. You know, in the first couple of years, since that wasn't a very good program. Martinez did not do well. I mean. I mean, I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I just don't know if he's a winning quarterback. He's terrible, Corey, man. I, I just <laughs> like he—he he is fool's gold, man. He's a poor oh. man's Chris Ricks. Like this, it's like there's a reason why Scott Frost is on the hot seat, and the main reason why was this Martinez kid, and he's just terrible. I—I've I, never seen him play a good game. Even last year when they were playing. Um, I think they were about to upset, uh, like, what was it, Oklahoma? Yeah. He always makes yeah. a bad play at the end of the game. Like, he's, you can count on him to make a big mistake. And it's just demoralizing to the team. He doesn't make plays in favor of your team. Never. I, I've never seen the kid make a play when it matters most. 
it's a it's an interesting move by Kansas State. Do you think that a new environment, a new coaching staff? I don't think it, yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I, it's him? a bad fit. Period. Like he needs to just quit playing football. I've listen. We've talked about the Kansas State coach is a great coach, but I, I think this is one where this is where you got these guys overdo it with the portal. Like go out. They should have you know, recruited some guys out of high school, developed them for their system. This kid's, a, he's going to kill that pro. I'll, I'll be surprised if they win more than four or five games next year. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah right. I, I really think they're going to struggle with him. All right. All right. So with that and with the fact that the uh, the jungle has opened up outside of a constant day fish box, we're going to end this uh We'll close out this uh, abbreviated version of FishCast. We've got some big things coming up, but we wanted to definitely get on the air and talk about some things, especially things that have happened in the last few days. Um, Anything big this week for you? We start back the baseball, so I'll be coaching again. But, uh, you know, I just um, – I've been I've been watching a ton of film, man. I got to tell you, there's a lot. It's, it's amazing. I still don't know how some schools miss on kids. It's either like – I don't sometimes I'm sitting there going, man, I watch this, this kid. I don't know what some of these coaches see, but, um, you know, there's other guys. I'm like, wow, this kid's really good. And I saw one today that I was just, uh, really impressed with the kid got offered by Miami, this Nichols kid out of, uh, Georgia. But, um, we're about to get into the, uh, months of the spring recruiting in uh, May before you know it, we'll have high school football back. So, um, yeah. I'm excited. I'm sure we'll run into each other a few times. So, yeah, we, uh, you know, this is definitely the year that we'll be back out on the road a lot more. We got, um, you got, we got spring games coming up soon. I mean, you know, we're already at the end of March, so we should have a ton of spring games in the next month. I'm, I'm, you know, it's weird. I'm really excited to see Florida because they didn't play a spring game last year. Yeah. Like, you know, I guess they're doing a Thursday night. I'm assuming that's because of TV, but I'm really interested to see like guys because, they got like Jack Miller, who I've never seen really play before, but I knew he was a highly touted quarterback. And I'm I'm interested to see Florida this year. I'm really yeah, I haven't heard a whole lot of what's coming out of there. No, me um, neither. They've done a. I mean, they're silent. Like they, yeah. Everybody who covers that team must have had to sign a contract of silence because I don't know what's happening there. Yeah. yeah. I'm only yeah. pretty well connected. We got nothing coming out of there. No, that's that's. That is all quiet. Yeah. But, all right, yeah, well, get back get back your baseball stuff. You got travel baseball. Got all kinds of stuff going on. And uh, we'll be back soon. We want to say that our producer is Justin Otto up there in the Midwest. Uh, surely playing some video games right now. Probably like Halo 6 or something. Uh, <laughs> and we've got – and, of course, you can reach us online at the Fish Podcast. Shout out to our old buddy Scott Hansen from Texas who uh sent a shout out to us on Twitter. He said he was gonna binge a bunch of our old podcasts. He didn't know what we were doing, but he's out doing his thing, kind of covering yeah, I got San Antonio this week. I'm like, Man, Scott Hansen, yeah. And I'm like, we started talking and and uh, uh he's he, he he's had a rough couple of years, let's put it that way. And uh, I'm like, Man, yeah. just keep your head up and but uh uh, he's still a supporter of the fish. So I don't Absolutely. know. I, I, I got to try to keep as many allies as I can. Yeah, we got to keep all the friends with Chad in this yeah. industry. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And, uh, oh, have you been keeping up with Bluestein? How's he doing? Larry's doing well. You know, I mean, he's still he's, he's in rehab and um, doing better, and, and it's good. I You know, I, I he's starting to text Al video again, so you know he's, he oh, must yeah. be feeling better, you know. Johnny at uh, you know, Goldman High School, that's five foot three and 130 pounds, is <laughs> back on the radar. Um, and uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> so... He's helping out the low, the, the guys at the end of the totem pole, man. So that's that's our Larry, man. So. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we have to get him on one time. See if we will. We'll yeah, definitely get him on. Hopefully, we get him on sometime during the spring. Yeah. When he's out. Just have him just run off names of players. He'll go through like the to like a like a like a like a six minute span where he just won't take a breath. And it'll run off like 250 kids. Ed, Ed Pache, man, freaking from Coral Park High School, man. Six <laughs> foot five, 290 pound offensive guard. Now, Ed Pache has no idea he was ever in your magazine, but he was. And, and one day somebody's going to go up to that kid in a grocery store and go, Hey, sir, can I get your autograph? And he's like, For what? He's like, Oh, I remember you. You know, my dad was telling me you play about this guy, Larry Blues team. He promoted you. I heard you're really good. He goes, I had no idea that anybody knew about me. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the beauty. If you know, nobody knows about you, Larry knows about you. Yeah. I'm gonna talk because you know he's a big Rams fan. It had to even during uh, his uh even when he was struggling with COVID, the Rams brought him a reason to yeah. smile by winning a Super Bowl finally yeah. for him. Finally, yeah. the LA Rams won up the Super Bowl. And he so should have never said I wanted to see them win a Super Bowl before I passed. <laughs> I <know. laughs> oh man. I'm like, oh, you want to see it before you okay. We'll make it happen. Oh man. Well, man, you have a great week. And uh, we'll get back to you soon. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, and uh we'll be back again in a couple of weeks. We'll, we'll try to grab old Demo, see what he's doing out of he's done in a hip hop video cameo superstar guy i don't know if he's gonna be he might be in the next like gonna be the next drake video for all we know this might be like a new career for him you know oh, man i listen maybe yeah he'll, he'll be a new he'll be the new jersey you know jersey shore rapper man you know so he'll be like the new jersey version of ship night soon enough you know <laughs> <laughs> throwing guys off building and stuff <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, buddy. You have a good one. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'll take care. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.